Welcome to another episode of Twisted. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Again, Sam Tripoli, Twisted. I think you guys know who I am. Uh, played a little bit. I like opening with mashups. Uh, that was Stevie Wonder and Metallica. Sad but superstitious. That was for Casper, who asked for a little Metallica to open. Here's the thing. I can't open up with a straight song because... I will, uh, SoundCloud has this software that listens to it to make sure you're not using copyright music, but I found when you do mashups, it doesn't register, so I can do a little bit of everything, so that's what I did, so that, again, that, you can find that song on, on YouTube, yes, the YouTube, it's sad but superstitious, Stevie Wonder versus Metallica, mashup by Wax Audio. You got it. There you go. That sounded like Brody Stevens. Sorry about that. How is everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, got great feedback from the last Twisted, so we're going to keep trying to do it. One thing I heard was that my peas were a little hard, so I promise you that I will not. I'll try to watch that. So uh, what's going on? I hope everybody had a great week. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good try to do this on Thursdays. A lot of great stuff going on. Uh, again, we got the Vegas show. That's going to be great. Got that out. In, uh, I play Hollywood, the naughty show, uh, Friday, Saturday nights. This week should be great. Next week should be even better because we got the UFC in town. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, or should I say Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. Uh, should be a great show. But again, if you're in Vegas, you're looking for a fun show. Every Friday and Saturday at Planet Hollywood and Sin City Theater, 11 p.m. You can find tickets on Ticketmaster. Go to thenaughtyshowlv.com. Grab your tickets. Also excited to announce that at the end of the month, I am going to be, again, at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis. Get your tickets. Should be fun. A lot of new stuff. Some classics. Some new stuff. We'll see how it goes. I have a uh, CD that's almost done, so I'm going to be putting out that soon. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to sell it digitally. It's a crazy weird thing that goes on that if you want to do an hour special, okay, if you want to do an hour, they want completely original stuff, which I understand, but at the same time, your first hours way back in the day used to be a collection of your best stuff. Like guys wouldn't get specials until they were 20 years in. And that was the best of their 20 years. And that's why they always hit so hard. Now, they're not really special. They're only special in that they're retarded. So, yeah, that kind of special. A lot of these specials aren't that great. I mean, I'm not picking on anybody. God bless them. If someone offers you a special, you got to take it, okay, obviously. But I want mine to be murder row. So, I'm debating. I'm debating if I'm going to put out digitally. Because there's a lot of classic on that. There's a lot of classic on my old CD, too, that I want to do. But we'll see. I'm just, I might re- just record it, put it out. I don't know, man. 
I'm ready to do an hour. I'm ready to do murder fest. I'm ready to go on. So that's a lot of stuff that's going on. Obviously, Punch Drunk. You guys know about the Punch Drunk channel. That's coming together. Just got Ian Bag waiting here on a couple other really big podcasts. Love to see if we can make that happen. But uh, on the website itself, we got uh, Tommy Toholds doing videos for the. He's posting his videos on the website. Just had Ian back. Again, Brody Stevens starting. Just working on a lot of good stuff. If you guys know of any great podcasts that you like or sports podcasts, let me know. Come and uh, join join us on the website. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's very weird doing this show by myself. I like to feed off people. This is the first time I'm doing it by myself in my room with my dog. Pollyanna's over there chillaxing. Hold on one second. I'm going to go open the door so she's not that cold. Just talk amongst yourself for two seconds. There you go. And I'm back. I got my coffee. I'm ready to rock. What else do I want to get into? Um, had a weird thing happen to me at Starbucks the other day. I was at Starbucks waiting to get my way too expensive coffee. And there's these two guys in front of me. Uh, they look like they're young 30s, mid 30s, tall dudes, obviously work together in some kind of capacity. They were like, you could tell they're working together. They're very passionate about what they were talking about. They're making deals, business deals. One dude, super excited about what he's talking about. And I have to tell, I have to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a guy in the sneakers. I love sneakers. I always love to see what sneakers people are wearing. I'm just a sneaker dude. I like I like I love seeing new sneakers. I love getting new sneakers. Anything. You know, Reeboks, Nike's, Adidas, old school, new schools. I, I last night I was rocking some ponies. Who rocks ponies? This guy. I'm rocking pony. Ah, there's a piece. You got it, you're right. Rocking some ponies. Ponies. I gotta remember the peas on this. So I don't ruin your guys' eardrums. Uh, so I like it. So I, I saw these two dudes. They're pretty dressed, good-looking guys, dressed very, very nice. So I go down and see what kind of sneakers or shoes they're wearing. I look down. This one guy's fly is just completely open, like a giant silver, like I don't know, giant silver thing is just hanging out of his fly. And this guy is like preaching, preaching about how, about whatever business deal he's trying to sell this guy. Like he is in his zone. He is he is trying to make the sales pitch, but it flies out. And I gotta be honest with you, I, I didn't know what to do because I, I don't want to ruin this guy's thing. I don't want to embarrass him in front of his friends, but he is really trying to sell this idea of whatever he's doing. And his fly is completely open. Like like, what do you do? Like personally, I like people to tell me this stuff. Like I get so pissed off when people don't tell me. I'm not rocking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, okay, here's a great story. When I first started doing stamp comedy, I was in Las Vegas. I got asked to, I got offered, asked, I got offered to go and do, see Howie Mandel live. And at that time, Howie's kind of making a comeback from his heyday. He kind of disappeared for a little while. And I loved Howie Mandel. My friend Barry who I haven't seen for a while. Funny story about Barry. Side story, I'll tell you. Okay, this is just another tour. So anyways, I'll tell the story some other time. Bear, I was I was doing acid and shrooms, acid and shrooms, and Barry showed up, 
and she wanted to kill herself. And that's a real story. And I'm knee deep in acid and shrooms trying to save this person from uh, not killing themselves. But that's a totally different story. And I know you want to hear about that story, but I can't. I'm going to save that for another time. So, anyways, Barry, who's a very nice person, calls me and goes, Hey, I got two tickets to see Howie Mandel. Do you want to go? I'm like, hell yeah. I want to go see Howie Mandel. He's like, I, I'm a weird guy because I'm a, I'm a dark, dirty, edgy comic. Obviously, you guys follow me. You guys know that. But I also appreciate masters, people who have mastered whatever they've done. Like, I love Ellen. I love, I, I know you guys think that might be crazy. I think Ellen is an amazing comedian. I love... Who else do I love? I love uh, I love Jeff Foxworthy. I think he's a master. Brian Regan. I know those are kind of like, duh, but it's true. I do. I really like those guys, even though they're not my particular band, brand of comedy. I appreciate what they do. You know, I love Doug Stanhope, but not. I don't want everybody to be Doug Stanhope. God, that, I'm just hitting these P's hard, huh? Now I'm self-conscious, dude. Also, last time I did the Twisted, I was in a hotel. Diaz Mackey was sleeping, so I was trying to podcast and not wake him up at the same time. So I had the microphone very close to my... So hopefully this isn't as bad. As bad. God damn it. As bad. Um, so she invites me down. We go to show. It's an awesome show. He does some hilarious jokes. He does jokes about the time that he uh, took his fingers. He was at... Uh, a makeup stand with his wife. He took his fingers, put his fingers in all the makeups, and then he started getting very seductive with his wife. He kept touching her face. So by the time she was done, she looked like a, a Native American on crack. It was very funny. So Barry's like, I get to go backstage and meet him. Do you want me? I'm like, fuck yeah. So we go backstage, and uh, he's in the bathroom because later, you know, I learned that he's got insane OCD, right? Really bad OCD. Uh, he's in the bathroom. He comes out. He's shaking everybody's hand. Everybody's hand. He goes to shake mine, and as he shakes it, he just looks at me with fear in his eyes, fear. And I'm like, "What the fuck, man?" And he literally runs to the bathroom, locks the door. I'm like, "What just happened?" I'm like, "That guy's a dick." So we go back to the apartment. We go back. We leave the. We leave the show. We're, it's in Caesars. We're going up these escalators, and the, on these escalators, there's mirrors on both sides of the escalators. I look in the mirror. I'm not lying to you. I have a smudge from the top of my from the my eye socket all the way down my nose to the crack of my mouth. A big black smudge. I don't know how it got there. I'm starting to think that's because I was riding the rails and I didn't know, and I wiped my face. I look at Barry, I go, Barry, what is this smudge on my face? He's like, oh, I don't know. I go, why didn't you tell me I had this smudge on my face? She goes, I thought it was a shadow. And she runs off. And I don't know when was the next time I saw Barry. It was a while. I think it's the next, I think the next time I saw her, I was on acid. She wanted to kill herself. But besides that, that was it. I wish somebody would tell me, hey, dude. You have smudge all over. Do you know you have a smudge on your face from the top of your eyeballs all the way down to the crack of your mouth? Do you know that? Do you know that? I wish somebody tell me. So I always want to, like, you ever talk to people for like 30 minutes and look in the mirror and you had like seaweed in your mouth? You're like, why did anybody tell me this? What is the purpose of this? Why doesn't anybody tell me? It's ridiculous. I'm just saying. 
So he's having his meeting. I'm I'm grabbing my coffee. I, I don't want to say anything in front of the guy to embarrass him. Then he's already more embarrassed because there's no way the guy he's talking to doesn't know this dude's flies open. So the first the guy without the fly open, the guy he's talking to, starts to leave. The guy is about to leave. I tap him and I go, hey, your fly is open. And I told him. Because I think you should tell somebody. I just think you should tell somebody. Am I wrong? I do think you should tell somebody. So that's my theory. I guess I answered my question. Yes, you should tell somebody if they got something in their teeth or their fly is down. That's my opinion. Um, so what else is going on? Yeah, uh, last night was the Rant of Tours. It used to be an all-rant show that I do at, at, at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. Now, if you, I'm sure everybody knows the description of the store. It's talked about constantly. Uh, they have the OR, which is the original room, which is, to me, the sacred room of the comedy store. It's where uh, bad comedy goes to die, or at least used to, but it's the sacred room. The main room is like the a big Vegas room, sits about 400 people. Then there's the belly room. The belly room is basically where... The belly room is where, like, the roast battle basically got started. Kill Tony's been in there. It's about a 50 to 60 seat room. It's a great room because if you put 20, 30 people in there, it's pretty full and you have a great show. I like doing shows in there now. I used to do shows in the main room all the time. It was just, it's like you put 200 people in L.A., which is an act of God to put 200 people in any show by yourself, put them in there. And it's half empty. And they're like, dude, what happened, man? Where is everybody? I'm like, I don't know. There's 200 people in there. They're like, it's half full, dude. Got to do better. And you're like, you know what? Screw it. So I decided to do the Belly Room shows, you know. And uh, I've been doing Jason Ellis' show on Sirius Radio, the Jason Ellis' show. Uh, they used to be the noon to four spot. Now they've moved to the mornings, and uh, which is really cool. Uh, I'm very happy for them. I'm happy for Jason Ellis. Super happy for Mike Tully. They've all been very nice to me for a very long time. I, I think about eight years now. They've been uh, very cool to me. You know, Ellis and I had a weird falling out for a brief moment. I don't know why. I, I know why, but he, you know, it was, we just had weird shit. Once in a while, I'll go on Ellis' show and he just gets weird with me. And I just learned, it's like, okay, time to go. We don't need to be here all day. It's the, Ellis is in his weird moments. I don't need to be here. But the show is great. They're great. And I'm happy to be back in with them. And they're really cool dudes. Uh, a bunch of people from the show came to the Ranta Tours last night. They're all good people. Um, uh, Mike has just started. He started like three three months ago. And uh, he's doing better, man. It's all about getting comfortable on stage. So we do a show with a girl named Christina Casagrande. The three of us try to pack a show. Last night we convinced Brandon Schaub to go up, which was very cool. It was very cool. And I gotta be honest with you, he killed. He killed. He killed, dude. Brandon Shop killed. I'm not even lying to you, man. I felt bad because I went up just before him. But my girlfriend's like, dude, you gotta do. Give yourself an easy spot once in a while. Because I always wanna go last. I always put myself last because I don't wanna put anybody out. I'm a really strong comic. And I could I could get blood from a stone. I, I, I do necrophilia comedy a lot. I'm always fucking dead crowds. Bringing them back to life with my well-crafted dick jokes. And by the way, everything I do in comedy is so I can tell more dick jokes. 
I really want to be the Carl Sagan of dick joke material. That's the truth. I really want to be the Carl Sagan of dick jokes. So she's like, uh, Shab was up there. He's like, a bunch of people from CAA are going to be there. She's like, go up early so people can see you. Because I always go late in shows. Always. Even at the comedy store. I'm usually in about the two and a half hour to three hour spot. The crowd's dead. But I'm a cold-blooded killer. You're probably going to hear some sirens in the background. Nothing I can do about that. Hold on. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it, dude. Uh, sirens going to hear it. Anyways, because I live in Los Angeles, dude. There's somebody getting stabbed, smoking crack all the time. Um... So I went up early and I felt bad, but you know, I just wanted to go up early. I wanted to get, I wanted to get some of that fresh pussy, not that old beat up. Pussy. I'm always like last guy in a gangbang at a comedy show. I'm kind of over it. So I went up early and it was fun. I, I had a great set. The crowd, it was packed. We packed it out. A lot of people there to see Shop, and uh, I gotta be honest with you, he's great. And I, I have a lot of respect for Shop. I love Brian Callen. Always love Brian Callen. I know I'm punch drunk. We have that rivalry. But I've always loved Kellen, and I really, I really do respect Shop. I've said it a thousand times, but you know, I mean, the guy's literally dominated everything that he's done. I mean, to make it into the NFL and then be a top fifteen heavyweight in the UFC—that's unheard of. And now his podcast is huge. Like, guy's just a, a straight-up winner. The stars align. He's got the talent, and the stars align. He's he, he's great. He killed last night, and I'm sure he's going to go on to be a great. If he puts his mind to it, and he works really fucking hard. He'll be great. He crushed. He crushed. He's crushed. It was fun to have a pack. We packed it out. Tully did great. Gareth Reynolds did great. Ryan Sickler did great. Everybody did great. Everybody did great. And it's like Shab's going to become a great comedian. I'm happy for him because he works hard. But it's so, Sam's such an interesting thing because it is such a hard craft. A lot of people don't realize because when you watch TV, you only see... The best. And it might even be the worst of the best. You might see a guy on TV and you're like, that guy sucks. That guy is the worst of the best. He's still one of the best. But he's one of the worst of the best. And then you got the top of the hill, which is like Rogan, in my opinion. Rogan, Bill Burr. Like, I think Bill Burr is a heavyweight champ. I think Rogan is the godfather. I... I I think just it's Bill Burr's time right now. He's just so good. And they're both equally great. I think they're both great. Uh, Bill Burr, David Tell's my favorite. You know, Doug Stanhope. They're the, they're the best. They're the best, you know. They, and they make it look easy. And it's, it's, it's not easy at all. It's an extremely hard thing to do. But everybody thinks they can do it. That's why it's the last stop on the block. Meaning, if you put the, did the hierarchy of entertainment... I honestly believe that I honestly believe that it would be just Sam Comedy would be just below pornography, just below porn. Because I've seen a ton of porn stars do try to do Sam Comedy. Very rarely do you see a stand-up do porn, and if they do do porn, I can tell you they're probably not that great of a stand-up. They're not bad people. They're very nice people. They're probably not the best stand-up comic. But you see the best porn stars in the world try to do stand-up comedy. They always do. Even in The Naughty Show, Nikki Benz tried to do stand-up all the time. Tried to do stand-up. You know, we're the last... The chick who gets DP'd by black guys is now trying to do ha-ha jokes. We're just the last stop. 
and like the some of the improvs now are, are putting like Nene Leakes from the the Real Housewives of Atlanta is doing a weekend in 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 Vegas, uh in in Houston. Nene Leakes is doing stand up comedy. It's unbelievable. It's like, why am I working on jokes? I should just work on being a better train wreck. I should just work on being a better train wreck. I should just do dumb shit. Like, I get thumped in the nuts by a 4x4. Four four. And then I have, like, think it was those Ghetto Fabulous videos. What are those called? The ghettos that, where the glasses come down? That thing. Yeah, I should just do that. I got to work on my train wreck skills. A uh, big thing I wanted to talk about, too, is uh, I didn't mention. Uh, I'm doing a show, a YouTube show now. Well, we're doing the pilot. We're figuring out. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm really excited. I'm doing a show with Jody Sweden from Fuller House. She's Her fiancé is one of my best friends, Justin Hodak. She's going to do a show. Uh, so she wants to do, like, a YouTube channel show because those are really big right now, obviously. And she's asked me to be on it, and I'm really, I'm really thankful. They're both wonderful people. And there's a couple other people working on it. Um, let me see if I can find out their names real quick. But I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised by how funny Jody is. And how, how she's, she's got an edge to her. She's like, she's not afraid to muck it up. She's not, dude. She's like a little crazier than you think, man. She she went through some dark stuff way back in the day, and I think she's really cool with trying to. Uh, she wants to go for it. She wants to try to do some different stuff. So I'm super excited about that. I thought it was just going to be a panel show where we just talk about the latest stuff going on, but she wants to do. They want to do sketches. They want to do sketches. So uh, we're super excited about that. Right, so look for that. It's going to be on the. It's, they're going to be. Well, let me find Joe's name. Joe's Joe Fisher, a really funny writer, really smart guy. Came up with some great stuff, and uh, he wants to. We're going to do it. So we're going to shoot a pilot today. If it goes well, you probably won't see the pilot, but you will see more in the future. We're going to record them every Thursday, hopefully, and put them out soon. So um, yeah, so that's 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 going on. So look for it. It's a working title. We don't know the name of it, but once we know, we'll get into it. Um, want to get back to a little stand-up comedy. I realize that I am getting old. I'm getting really old. How do I know that? It's because I always want to give people advice. That's all I want to do. Is I, I unsolicited. I will just literally walk up to people and start lecturing them for no reason. I just I feel like I have to set the record straight or teach the youth or. You know, teach these little whippersnappers. I'm just doing it constantly. Just walk up to people and just be like, no, listen, you kids, that's not how you do it. You got, no, stop it. Like I walked up to my friend Keith Carey, who's this young kid. You saw him on the the, uh, roast battle promos. He's funny kid. He's really funny kid. He's a nice kid. He's also like 22 years old. Looks like he's going on 45. And I'm like, he, like he smokes a lot. He's a good kid. He smokes a lot. Wicked funny. Mother was uh, crazy. He's got a great story. I'm gonna have him on the International Bad Boys Hour sometime. Really funny, crazy guy. He 
His mom is drunk, was in some kind of gangbang porno, I think. He's bisexual, likes to stick his dick in glory holes, which I personally think is the only workout he gets is sticking his dick in glory holes. And I go, dude, you got to stop smoking. you got to lose weight. You're out of shape. He goes, I'm out of shape. You're out of shape. Hey, you fat fuck. And you know what? He's right. He's totally right. I am out of shape. Who am I to be telling anybody to work out? I need to get my own acting gear. I need to get my own head out of my own ass. I'm mean, just lecturing people for no reason. I walk home and I go, why did I just do that? Why did I just lecture you? I have no right to lecture you. I love to do it all the time because I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm getting cranky. And I just want to lecture people. I want to tell them how we used to do it back in the old days. Nobody cares. Stupid. Anyways, um, the reason I bring this up is because once again, I've just stuck my foot in the world of shit, because I feel like I got listen. I, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm very sensitive about other comedians calling out other comics. I'm very sensitive about it. I I just think we live in this world where everybody's fucking sensitive, and comics have to battle the audience, and you just don't know who's in the audience. You like you tell a joke. You're telling you, I mean, look at drama. Look how crazy drama is now. How edgy. Again, I talked about last night. The Night Of on HBO. Look how edgy that show is. You have have racial interactions, drug abuse, murder, violence, corruption. You have all sorts of crazy shit going on in that. And people love it. But stand-up wise, nobody wants to hear any of it. Nobody wants to hear any of it. They just want patty cakes. And even if you get a cool crowd that's really fucking laid back cool, you could suddenly have one person in the crowd, one person in the crowd who just gets offended, and mostly they're white women over 40, and you can't say that to chicks, because they'll be like, guys get pissed too. White women over 40 with the, K plus 8 haircut are the ones who always want to talk to the manager. Always want to talk to the manager. They get offended on other people's behalfs. I say it all the time, but it's true. They get offended by other people's behalfs. They practice talking to, they practice in the mirror talking to management. So it's like we have a hard enough job as it is. Why are we being comedians talking to why do we? Why as comics would we ever put restraints on other comics? Why would we ever call out other people? We should, even if you don't agree with it, even if you don't agree with it, you should fight for your right to say it. Shh, shh. Okay, you should. God damn it, dog. Shh. There you go. Bye. I just locked my dog out. I just locked my dog out. Watch how soon she just starts getting really pissed off. Why should we limit ourselves? Back to what I was saying. Why should we limit ourselves? We should never limit ourselves. I, I don't agree with stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's said on stage that I do not agree with. Okay? Let the audience... Do, oh, I don't know what to say. I just don't want to fuck. I don't want to limit. I don't want comics going after comics for saying stuff they don't agree with. I just think it's offensive. Come on, Polly, let's go. I just think it's offensive, man. I just, 
I don't think we should be throwing each other under the bus. Okay? I just don't think we should do that. So, uh, over the weekend, over a series of time, there's a comic war going on between this guy, Matt Riff, and Brandon Wardell. And they were banging with each other. Apparently, Brandon, who I have no problems with, hasn't said anything mean to me, hasn't said anything, I mean, like, has done nothing to me, has said, made fun of Matt Riff's headshot. I made fun of it. I said he looked like a boy band. Matt Riff flew off the handle, which probably wasn't right, and threatened to punch Brandon Wardell in the face and beat him up. Wardell didn't take very kindly to that. Apparently, somehow, some way, I would love for him to call into the International Bad Boys and discuss this. Somehow, the word got out that Matt had threatened Wardell, and the gates, the all hell broke loose, and everybody was going after Matt. They go all the way back, and then someone who has too much time on their hands went back. Five years. Now, Matt's 21, I believe. 20 or 20 or 21. Went back five or six years to when he was 15 years old and found tweets. They, he said the M word with an A and the F word for gay people. You know. Uh, and they called him out on it and he got in trouble for something he said in the ninth grade. Who didn't say dumbass shit in the ninth grade? And that's where I got a problem with... with Wardell is that he should have nipped this. See, here's my opinion. And I have no problems with Wardell. He's done nothing to me and I wish him nothing but prosper. But you got to watch yourself. First of all, I learned a very long time ago from the ass beatings I've taken in life. That if you're going to talk shit to someone or about someone, there is a chance you're going to get punched in the face. It's just the way it is. Talk shit, get hit. That's how it is. And we live in this world right now, and this isn't Wardell, but this is a bunch of other people. And again, I have no problems with this kid. You know, uh, a great example that I brought up before is about uh, Perez Hilton versus the Black Eyed Peas. And some people don't like either of them, and I get it, okay? But Perez Hilton had, brought, had drawn a bunch of dick doodles on the, pre, uh, on the Black Eyed Peas pictures and really shit on their music for the longest time and, and the black eyed peas were like dude what's your problem and they, he just kept shitting on him shitting on him shitting on him well they 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 meet in toronto and somebody from the black eyed peas punches perez hilton in the face perez hilton then goes on and does a video blog about how violence is never the answer and I go, well, of course, for you, it's not the answer. You got a bazillion followers, a ton of cash, and lawyers. Violence is literally the only thing you can't control. No, I don't believe in violence. I don't believe in these, like, knockout things that these kids are doing or just randomly flying off at a bar and punching somebody or any of that stuff. Okay? Violence is never the answer until it's the only answer, meaning it's the last resort. I'm, I'm sorry. The notion... That we don't want any violence to happen. And that people can say whatever. Thanks to lawyers, guns, monies, and, and, and followers on social media. There's some people who could talk mad shit. And there's nothing you could do to them. Except for punch them in the face. And maybe, maybe we need more people getting punched in the face. And people would calm the fuck down. 
And maybe we wouldn't be so sensitive about everything if we knew that there's something way worse going on out there, like getting punched in the face. That's all I'm saying, dude. There's really no reason to... Violence never... He, he said mean things about me and he punched me. Yeah, you talk shit. You talk shit. An intern, because he threatened to beat you up, you and your band of pink ninjas went out there and found shit he said in ninth grade and got him in trouble. I guess he lost his check on Twitter and I don't know, a couple other things here and there. And then Complex Magazine, Complex.com runs a story on it. It's like, what? A comedian is talking, said something in ninth grade? And now you're now you're trying to cost him his career? It's it's just dumb shit. It's just dumb shit. So anyways, I said something to Brad. I, and I do. And I would say it to his face. There's a special place in hell for comics who try to ruin other comics' careers because of something they said that they don't agree with. And it's not just like a little bit. I mean, like, dude, I'm down with... I mean, I go to war for... Tracy Morgan saying that shit about stabbing his, his gay kid. I don't agree with it. I think it's wrong. He has the right to say it. And you have the right to whether or not you want to buy tickets to that show. That's how you deal with it. You don't like it, don't go to the show. That's how you heard a comic. But comics calling other comics out <coughs> about things they said? No, you can't do that, man. You can't, Let the market figure it out. Trust me, I know all about people not liking what I'm saying and not coming to my show. Okay, I get I get that a lot, and I just really just wanted to uh, just think that's stupid. Comics should protect. You. We don't have a union. We're like UFC fighters. The UFC fighters, someone started a union for them, and I hope they get it going. Those guys deserve to be treated better, dude. The two guys at the Salt Lake City, two guys who headlined, the two fighters who headlined the UFC Salt Lake City card, they're. Reebok payouts were $2,500. And people were like, well, that's not Reebok's fault. That's UFC fault. No, dude. That's a fact that the fighters had no fucking say in the negotiations. I think they should be able to negotiate. Now, I'm pro-union. I'm, I'm until it's too crazy. But I'm pro-union. I'm for unions. I think the workers have a right to negotiate their stuff. You know? So, I mean, I wish comics had that. But I'm just saying comics. Watch what you're saying. Uh, I wanted to get into something really quick. I wanted to run two videos for you. And uh, I just think they're really funny. Uh, Well, one's really funny and one's inspirational. And then we're going to jam. Guys, if you have anything you like about this podcast, let me know. If you have anything you don't like about this podcast, let me know. If you want to... uh, me to talk about anything, just tweet me on Wednesday and uh, I'll try to talk about it. if I think it's something the podcast, good for the podcast, I'll talk about it. Um, I wanted to play this for you. It is uh, this guy, video, it's on Facebook I saw. He's like a modern day Paul Rivera. It's some dude, I don't know who it is, uh, sees a UFC, UFO. And he's just freaking out. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it as it's going, what he's looking at, okay? So here we go. This is this video is called, it's on un, U-N-I-L-A-D. It's uh, something on Facebook. It's got like four and a half million views. So here it is. Here it is. That is those are aliens coming down here, y'all. Whatever 
going down the same direction. So it's a dot in the air. It's a dot in the air, and it's breaking up. It's nine. about that that is gold by the way the news should all be like that just <laughs> a bunch of knuckleheads doing the news how much better would everything be if that guy did it that guy did your news that guy called your football games that's what we're getting away from we're getting more and more robots talking and less of that guy talking mad shit about aliens that guy's a modern-day Paul Revere. He's a modern-day Paul Revere. So I want to get in a couple. Uh, I want to end on a couple things. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I just want to talk about a couple things. Uh, I get depressed a lot, man. I get depressed. I overanalyze everything. A big problem I had and why I partied so much is because my brain. I can never turn my brain off. I'm always thinking constantly. I'm overanalyzing everything. So I just want to drink and do drugs to turn that off for a moment. It's like, it's like imagine just having, imagine having the UFO guy in your head. That's literally, wow, that's so fun. The UFO guy is in my head constantly analyzing everything I did. Oh, you fucked up. Oh, God, you look so dumb. Somebody call the police. Arrest them. That's what goes on in my head constantly, man, constantly. So, I, uh, I have to deal with it. And I'm going to tell you, man, I am a, I'm a sarcastic, I can be cynical, paranoid dude. I can't recommend meditation enough. See, because I have a little monkey in my head that hits the symbols constantly. He's constantly hitting the symbols and he's going crazy and he's just, unless, that's why I'm always on my phone. I can't turn my brain off. It's overthinking everything. So I, I can't tell you the difference is meditation, man. Meditation is a game changer for me. I have to do it twice a day, at least for 15 minutes to calm my brain down. And I know you guys, you know, some of you guys might be cynical, not believe that. But I'm telling you, man, I got this app. It's called Simply Being. And it's got a picture of a lady who looks like, like Winona Ryder. And she's got uh, her eyes closed. She's a brunette in the picture. And it takes you through the it takes you through the meditation. I can't recommend it enough, man. Because if you're always overthinking everything, beating yourself up, you need to take time to shut your brain down. 
So I just want to recommend, I just, and it just takes me through it. My brain's so crazy. It's going crazy, going crazy, going crazy, going crazy. And then it's like warp drive in space, right? Warp drive, ah, warp drive, warp drive, warp drive. And then right in the middle of meditation, boom, you hit this like deep, empty space and everything is calm and everything is cool. And, and I just, I, I'm so thankful for it. And I think if you have a problem with your head going crazy, that maybe, you should uh, you should try it meditation. So uh, at the end of these things, I'm gonna try to play a video of uh, a video, the kind of motivational thing to kind of think. Um. So, um. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me find this. It's some positive motivational shit. Hold on, where did it fucking go? You gots to be kidding me. You gots to be kidding me. Let me find this shit. Very superstitious. Here we go. Writings on the wall. Ah, Very superstitious. Where did it... Oh, here it is. Okay, so here it is. It's got about 3 million... 30 million views on it. I just wanted to play it for you because I really loved it. So uh, here it is. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I don't know what that dream is that you here have. Here you go. It's called Dream. I don't care how disappointing it might have been as you've been working toward that dream. That that dream that you're holding in your mind, that it's possible. That some of you already know that it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard changing your life. That in the process of working on your dreams, you are going to incur incur a lot of disappointment, a lot of failure, a lot of pain. There are moments when you're going to doubt yourself and say, God, why, why is this happening to me? I'm just trying to take care of my children and my mother. I'm not trying to steal or rob from anybody. How did this have to happen to me? For those of you that have experienced some hardships, don't give up on your dream. There are rough times that are going to come, but they have not come to stay. They have come to pass. Greatness is not this wonderful, esoteric, elusive, God-like feature that only the special among us will ever taste and it's something that truly exists in all of us it's very important for you to believe that you are the one most people they raise a family they earn a living and then they die they stop growing they stop working on themselves they stop stretching they stop pushing themselves that a lot of people like to complain, but they don't want to do anything about their situation. And most people don't work on their dreams. Why? One is because of fear. The fear of failure. What if things don't work out? And the fear of success. What if they do and I can't handle it? These are not risk takers. 
You spend so much time with other people. You spend so much time trying to get people to like you. You know other people more than you know yourself. You studied them. You know about them. You want to hang out like them. You want to be just like them. And you know what? You've invested so much time in them. You don't know who you are. I challenge you to spend time by yourself. It's necessary that you get the losers out of your life if you want to live your dream. But people who are running toward their dreams, life has a special kind of meaning. When you become the right person, what you do is you start separating yourself from other people. You begin to have a certain uniqueness. As long as you're following other people, as long as you're being a copycat, you will never, ever be the best copycat in the world. But you will be the best you could be. I'm telling you to define your value. That everybody won't see it. That everybody won't join you. That everybody won't have the vision. It's necessary to know that. That you are an uncommon breed. It's necessary that you align yourself with people and attract people into your business who are hungry. People who are unstoppable and unreasonable. People who are refusing to leave life just as it is and who want more. The people that are living their dream are finding winners to attach themselves to. The people that are living their dreams are the people that know that it's, if it's going to happen, it's up to them. If you want to be more successful, if you want to have and do stuff you ain't never done before, number two, I'm asking you to invest in you. To invest in you. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. That you don't have to go through life being a victim. And even though you face disappointments, you have to know within yourself that I can do this. Even if no one else sees it for me, I must see it for myself. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it, period. No matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. I want to represent an idea. I want to represent possibilities. And some of you right now, you want to be, you know what I'm saying? You want to go to the next level. I want to counsel. You know, I want to be an engineer. I want to be a doctor. Listen to me. You can't get to that level. You can't get to the level economically where you want to be until you start investing in your mind. You're not reading books. I'm challenging y'all to go to conferences. I dare you to invest time. I dare you to be alone. I dare you to spend an hour getting to know yourself. When you become who you are, when you become the person that you were created to be, designed to be who you were designed to be, when you become an individual, what you do is you take yourself and you start separating yourself from other people. I tell you to get to a place where people don't like you, it don't even bother you no more. Why? Because you're not concerned with trying to make them happy because you're trying to blow up. You're trying to get to the next level. I need you to invest in your mind. Invest in your mind. If you still talk about your dream, if you still talk about your goal, but you have not done anything, just take the first step. That you can make your parents proud, you can make your school proud, you can touch millions of people's lives, and the world will never be the same again because you came this way. Don't let nobody steal your dream. After we face a rejection and a no, or we have a meeting and no one shows up, or somebody says, you can count on me, and they don't come through. What if we have that kind of attitude because we possess? Nobody believes in you. You've lost again and again and again. The lights are cut off. But you're still looking at your dream, reviewing it every day and saying to yourself, it's not over until I win. You can live your dream.
That was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys go out there and drop a keg of whoop ass. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope the audio is okay on this. I'm just going to put it out. I'll figure it out. I love you guys very much. I appreciate your support. And I will see you all next week on Twisted. Go out there, my friends, and whoop that ass. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye, everybody.